good luck with the world. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Hello. It's another week. It's another day. What day is it? We it's, don't know. It's Thursday. It's fine. If you're, if you're it's hearing Thursday? this, chances are pretty good it's Thursday. You can always count on this being on a Thursday unless we do a bonus, which then throws everybody off again. But That's true. At least you get extra joy in Claire. But shout out to everyone out there who is managing and juggling life right now. I think that's everybody. And also, if you're uh, one of those essential workers or even not essential workers, but you're just managing the million changes that go on throughout even a day sometimes, I feel like one day I get used to a workflow. And then three days later, it's completely different. And I feel like I've had such whiplash in the past three weeks of just one day we have this plan, and then we have a different plan entirely. So on the bright side, I'm kind of trying to find silver linings that I feel like while I'm still on a schedule of like Monday through Friday, I feel like the weeks are going really, really fast, because it's just kind of like you're just trying to keep your head above water. Yeah, like I definitely empathize in the right word, because I don't empathize from the literal sense of the term. But like people who are still going into work every day, I appreciate how like stressful and difficult that is and I'm start almost at the point where I'm like jealous because I'm like sure. I want to get out of the house so bad totally I completely <laughs> understand that yeah and like with Brandon it's like okay I get it like I understand that he his life See is in danger sides. when he goes to work <laughs> and See both sides I would almost gladly do that right now if it meant to you know be able to get out of the house but I agree the All weeks the first couple weeks went really slow and now I feel like they've been going faster for that exact reason because even when I'm working from home oh my coffee just got here <laughs> thanks, Claire's Brandon. food delivery Claire's, Claire's food, delivery. food delivery is here in her new mug and it's adorable thanks this is my new mug I'm very very happy with it very happy with this purchase yes for for everyone who cannot see us on Skype that is the mug that she ordered um, a couple episodes ago a couple ago. episodes ago where she was talking <laughs> about it and then she actually went ahead and ordered it and I it's did. great whatever but, makes you happy yeah. right now whatever Seriously, shopping you, you gotta need to do, do it <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I feel like the weeks have started going by a little bit faster because same thing, like no matter what job you're doing, everything, any, you know, if you're home, if you're unemployed, like no matter what your life situation is right now, the right. only thing that is the same for everyone is that every day is a little bit weirder than the day before. And there's really nothing that you can count on day to day right now, which is very difficult and stressful. And I feel like makes the days go by faster. Makes the day go by faster. I was listening to the Brene Brown interview. I believe it was 60 Minutes. I cannot remember. She's done so many interviews, but I will try to go back and post it that has her talking about this specific thing. But she talked about comparative suffering where she was basically like, now is not the time. I want to say it was with Gail King. Now is not the time for comparative suffering. Meaning if you feel bad, I know I know so many of us kind of do this thing where we're like, well, I don't have it as bad as so and so. Or there's people starving or there's people who are homeless or you know, whatever the case may be. Like now is not the time to do that because that, that sets us up for bypassing our feelings if we're feeling bad about what's going on. For instance, I have lately been feeling like I'm I'm constantly trying to find the silver lining. I'm constantly trying to find the positives or I'm constantly trying to stay in a positive mood to kind of what, again, going back to Brene, what Brene says is you're kind of like outsmarting the vulnerability or you're kind of trying to stay ahead of it. So instead of just letting yourself get there, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to outsmart it. I'm going to stay ahead of it. So by staying positive, I'm just going to outsmart it. And so then I won't feel bad, which is ridiculous because you can't do that. So Friday, I just hit this point where I was so exhausted. I was like, gosh, darn it. I miss my family. I miss the option of going to see my parents. I miss the option of being able to see my friends 
friends in person. I just miss being able to say, I want to plan a vacation. I mean, Scott and I were talking about this the other day where we don't even think we're going to plan any vacations this year just because we have no idea what's going to happen. You don't know if another surge is going to come up after people start lessening the stay-at-home orders. And so like, I just felt like Friday was a breaking point where I just needed to get really, really sad. So I cried a lot this week because I was just like, I'm so tired of trying to find the silver lining. I want like some type of hope. And at some point you feel like you feel bad for getting upset because you're like, well, at least I still have a job. You start to just count your blessings in the same vein, but you don't have to do that. You can just completely have a pity party and wallow in it. I know a couple listeners wrote in and were like, I'm really tired. And what, at what point do you start? Like, how long do you let yourself feel that way? Yeah. And I, I feel like know. there's, I mean, I think there's, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely no levels for everybody. No. And I, I think it's, it's hard because like on the one hand, finding the silver lining and doing that, not comparative suffering, but I feel like there's a really fine line between comparative suffering and I just had the word, wait for it, it's going to come back, perspective. You know, like the perspective component of that is helpful. Like it it can really help to remind yourself like, man, this is really crappy, but it could be worse. And sometimes that does legitimately help me because then I, I am able to focus on what I do still have. And like that kind of stuff, that strategy is not completely useless. And in fact, it can be really helpful to, to help you re- realize, okay, this maybe isn't as bad as it seems all the time. But mm-hmm. it still is is completely necessary every once in a while, whether every once in a while means a couple times a day or a couple times a week, to just drop that and let yourself feel like crap for a couple minutes. And right. I had that yesterday too, where I was just like, I just, I got to go in my room and just like not do anything. And it didn't help really, I will say, like, which I was laying there and I was like, I don't feel like there's anything. Usually when I feel bad, I'm like, okay, well, if only I could do X, Y, Z, then I would feel better. And it wasn't even like none of those options are available to me. It was like, I can't literally think of a single thing. If any activity in the world was open to me right now, I can't think of a single thing that I could do that would make me feel better. Like, I just feel like crap. And even if you were like, Claire, get up, we're going to the taco restaurant with all your best friends. And then we're going to get on a plane and fly to Hawaii. And I'd be like, that sounds, that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) I'm just in a bad mood. I just am in a bad mood. And so I finally was just like, was in a bad mood and that, yeah. you know, and it, I, I'm not even going to say it helped because it didn't help, but at least I did it. And I've, you know, every day does feel weirder. And I heard an author at one point, I cannot remember who it was, but she said that she would set a timer and she would just be like, I allow myself five minutes to just be really pissed off. I mean, that's a really cute idea, but I also am like, if you need to just spend a day wallowing, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to give myself a day to feel all these feelings. But I don't, I mean, as far as answering the listeners' questions of how long do you stay there, I truly believe like we don't have to sit in our bad feelings forever. I think it's important to express your feelings where you're just feeling like it's purging. Like Friday night, I was purging. I was like purging my emotions, to be clear. I was like with Scott, I am just so sick of this. And we just had a talk and he was just listening to me and he, you know, kind of tried to give some perspectives, not tried to fix it, but he was just trying to say, okay, like, let's look at some perspective here. And that helped. And so I just knew that that's all I needed was like some people just know themselves where I truly just need to have someone tell me it's going to be okay. And then I'll be like, okay. (laughs) So knowing yourself and like what you need is really important too. But I I mean, I just say, I wouldn't say like stay there for a week. I don't think that's healthy either. I think it's at one point just like letting yourself, the more you let yourself feel your emotions, I think the faster you're going to kind of move through it. So 
The only way out is through. Just let it happen. Whatever you're feeling, happy, sad, angry, frustrated, depressed. All of the above. Everything. The entire feelings wheel. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the latest as far as just life and the days that are passing by. But let me give a give a quick update on when we picked up Cadet to to give some oh, happy yes, news. Please. Let's please can you just go get her and hold her next to the mic? I wish. Can she would eat the mic. Listen to her breathe. That's fine. I'm here for that. I'm totally fine with that. She has the best puppy breath. Oh my uh, God. I just want to like eat it. I want to it's just the cutest thing. Like when I hold her and she does this cute little grunt when you pick her up. She's like <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. Her like little heavy breathing through her nose. For those of you who probably, I don't know if you've heard the past few episodes, but we got a CCI puppy. Scott and I are going to be raising a service dog that will then go on to serve, hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully be a service dog for someone else. We are not keeping her. Yes, we are aware that it's going to be really hard to give her up. Yes, we are aware of everything that goes into that. So as puppy raisers, you sign up for that. You're aware that it's going to be a really sad day when you have to turn her into advanced training. So for about 14 to 16 months, Scott and I will have Cadet and train her all the basic commands and teach her to be a really great service animal. And then she goes off for six months to do training. So advanced training. We picked her up on uh, April 18th and they had a private, there's like a nonprofit called Pilots and Paws. They, (laughs) it's so great. It's a nonprofit that transports animals who maybe have been abused or they were stuck somewhere in a hurricane and they have to go to different shelters or someone wants to rescue them from some insane situation and they but they can't transport them themselves they do have this nonprofit pilots and paws where they take their own plane and fly the puppies and fly the dogs to wherever they need to go. The greatest resource I think I've ever heard of that I'd never heard of before. So because commercial flying is not happening right now for this, for non-essential cargo, CCI had to find, which is how they normally ship their puppies. They're all based, uh, the hub for the Southwest region is in California. So whenever there's puppy raisers out of state, they use commercial flights to take the puppies. So because of that, they had to use pilots and which was great. So we showed up to this airport with all these puppy raisers and pick her up out of the plane. And I, oh my gosh, it was like the, my heart was like beating out of my chest. And so we got there and the pilot, you know, it was like the only plane that was there. So we walk up to the plane and the pilot's like getting out all the dogs out of their crates and he's kind of doing it one at a time. And he's like, okay, who has Chinook? And so he like asks for who the owner is. Oh my gosh, that would be the great. uh. Can you imagine? It was like the coolest. And so he have like a Santa costume on? Like, yeah, he was so sweet. He was such and his daughter was with him. So can you imagine being a 12 year old flying around with your dad delivering puppies? Like, (laughs) she was so sweet, too. And so so yeah, she cadet was the second dog to come off the plane. And the second he handed her to me, she was just like, this bundle of calm. She was just like looking around and you can kind of see her like, oh my gosh, what's going on? She had just been on like a three hour flight. And so all the puppy raisers are taking photos and everyone's very excited. And then we start like running around and just kind of letting her pee and, you know, have some air. Anyway, we brought her home. It's been going really, really well with anything. You know, it's like a big change and you have to settle into routine and figure out what her patterns are and when she's got to pee and when she's got to poop and all the 
those things. But she's just really, really fun. JT's doing great. A lot of people are asking how he's doing. He was really just kind of not interested at first. He was like, did you bring home another cat? JT doesn't love cats. So he's like, did you bring home another cat? What is this little thing? And of course, puppies want to bite everything. So she's like jumping on him and trying to bite his ears. And he's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And so, but now they play outside and play chase, which is like JT's favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. But she's doing really well. We've done a couple, I mean, the first two weeks, you really want to focus on just making her aware of what her name is and getting her comfortable and getting her used to the crate. CCI requires crate training for all the dogs. And so that's really what we've been focusing on. But because she seems to be such an alert and smart dog, I mean, all the CCI dogs are, but... We've been doing some training sessions and she's taking to it really well. So it's just been a lot of fun. It's just been like the perfect, I kind of feel it's a blessing to have her at this time because you can't really go anywhere. So just have this to focus on has been really cool. But if you guys have questions about it or really just want to know more about CCI, you can go to Canine Companions for Independence or CCI.org. They are also doing, oh my God, if you want to have just a brain break for 10 minutes, They are doing a live puppy cam starting again on Monday, April 27th. They did it last month for a different litter, but obviously when they get shipped out to their puppy raisers, they can't do the live puppy cam with that litter anymore. So they're starting a new litter on April 27th. You can go to cci.org and look at the live puppy cam, take a 10 minute puppy break, watch the puppies run around. It's the cutest thing in the world. I do it throughout the day at work when I just need to like take a breath and smile. So um, happy to answer you guys' questions. I'll post some some videos. It's been really hard right now just because we're trying to find a routine and it's not easy to, I got to figure out a way to record our training sessions because obviously I have to have all of my hands to um, handle her when I'm training her, but um, Scott and I will try to figure that out too, but we're really loving life as a puppy raiser. So fun. Uh, That's just like the hardest, like I want to go to your house so bad. I know. That's been really hard too, because I'm just like, I really want to see my friends and I want to interact with the puppy and I want to introduce the puppy to everybody, but it's... I know. know. We need to just go to a park and like sit on opposite sides of the park. I know. And just just like let her run around. between us. Yes. She's so cute. Just, yeah, the best. I do feel like it's a good time to do that too, because then you have, it's just like a nice little distraction. It's a really good distraction. And we've been so busy with her the past week, just like I said, trying to get everything into a routine. And, but How it's are nice the cats? because I could care less. Really? Yeah. Well, how is she around the cats? Is it just sort She of- just looks at them. She yeah. kind of looks at them and does like the head tilt and she's just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, we have her in a little puppy X pen, so she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't, know, have she doesn't have free house. reign of the house. That would be a nightmare. But mm-hmm. um, but the the cats just our cats are really funny. I mean, cats in general are funny. Cats think they rule the house. So of mm-hmm. course, when they're like when there's one more animal in their house, they're like, oh cool, you're gonna be my you're right. one of my subjects. Yeah. You know, so welcome peasant. Welcome, pheasant. Exactly. So they're just, that's kind of how their attitude is. Animals are really funny how they figure it out. But it's also just really cool if you've ever trained a dog and we've never raised a puppy. Right. When you got JT, he was, you maintained his training, but he was already trained. God. Yeah. And I feel so, I think that's another thing is we just want to kind of return the karma is we got this amazing dog who had been trained for two years. And I I don't know, it just feels kind of like you're cheating in a way because you're just getting this like perfect dog into your home. And so obviously we 
want to give that gift to someone else. But it's also so cool to watch how dogs learn. Mm -hmm. And I was on a, they do puppy classes. So CCI does this really strict training regimen where you have to do two puppy classes a month and you have to do certain types of commands. You, from two to six months, you teach these 10 commands and so on and so forth. And Mm -hmm. so it was just really cool. We did our first puppy class yesterday on Zoom. And I didn't think she'd be able to handle it because she's still so young. But the trainer was like, no, you're fine. She can come in. And so she did really, really well. But like their brains, you can just see them working. And like, Mm. obviously, we train with kibble. So you are constantly food motivating them. And but just the way she's like, so attentive and like watching everything you do and trying to figure it out is just it's dogs are really amazing. So it'll be a fun journey. But more to come on that. We're going to have her for a good 16 months. So you guys are going to have plenty of time to ask questions or see videos and kind of follow us through this journey. It's it's really special. So what's going on with you? What is What else is new in your world, uh, world aside from like the daily? I know. The nothing. daily stuff. You're doing workouts. You're getting more time in your little, your home gym. You're yeah. going on walks. The weather's better. The weather's better, which is great. So in Colorado, they announced that schools are going to stay closed. I mean, I feel like that's most almost everywhere. Schools are going to stay closed. However, they did say that as of like, you know, next week or whenever you're certain like county is kind of starting to slightly, let me back up. Most of the places in Colorado are about to start moving into what they're calling safe at home instead of stay at home and safer at home. home. Yeah. And it's basically like phase two of what they're, you know, considering to be the plan to open back up. And it includes like essential, non-essential businesses can, can open back up like hairstylists and dentists and things that are kind of like human maintenance and but schools are closed however they child care can open under certain restrictions but miles's school we are coming to learn is actually so his he's in preschool but the, the school that he goes to goes up through middle school and so since it goes through middle school, they're being regulated as a K through eight rather than as an early childhood center. And so even though they offer preschool, they can't reopen because they're being jurisdicted. They're being handed down regulations as if they were a K through eight. So I'm kind of annoyed by that because I'm like, well, can't, you know, do you not see this? Like early childhood has separate regulations. Do you, are you not also regulated as an early childhood? Like, is it, is this not like a, just a phone call you can make to say, hey, we know this is like, this can't be the only situation where a larger school offers preschool. So we'll see what happens if he's able to maybe go back for a couple of weeks before the school year ends. And then he's signed up for summer camp all summer. And I'm really hoping that that is regulated as early childhood because their summer camp that they do, they're outside 90% of the day. And so I feel like the risks are fairly low. It's a real, it's already a really small group of kids. Like I'm really hoping that he can go to summer camp because we're losing it over here a little bit. Like, oh yeah, he's just, he's at that age where that would be so exactly like, like, it would be so fun for him and like yeah and like especially after all of this indoor yeah and Miles staying at home. loves being at home actually like he really he loves time with the family he likes kind of being in his own domain um he's definitely a little bit of a homebody which thank god you also can just tell like it's not the same to be around your parents and play with your parents as it is to play with your peers and he's at the totally. age you know he's four and a half He's really right in the phase where like when he gets with other kids, he's in the last year really come into just going nuts with other kids. And so it's been hard and he's definitely been feeling it more and more. And it's so hard to know like what to 
how to discipline him in this time. Because on the one hand, like, I don't want to be just letting him do anything he wants and like be a little shit. But I, it's also like, I get it. that You're so out of routine. You are like, and he, you know, we tell him a little bit about what's going on. So he's stressed about that. I know. Cause you know, he'll say like, if we go to the store, he gets really upset and he's like, I just don't want you to get sick. And you know, and so it's really hard to know, okay, when he's acting out, Right. How much do we let is him and give him to- space to act out? Because I feel that way too. And I need space to act out versus like, no, you can't throw stuff. You can't hit, you can't. And not, you know, that stuff to me is a little more black and white, but even like, no, you can't just blatantly not listen to me. Right. And it's so, so that's been a really hard line to figure out where it is. And it, it it's not, it's not a line, you know, it changes situation to situation and day to day. But it's that's like been tough. Case. It's case yeah. by case. And so if you're out there, you know, all the parents out there, it is tough because it's like on the one, you know, when we came into this, I felt like at first it was like, oh, there there are no rules. This is so temporary. This is such like a one time thing. We don't really need to make a long term parenting plan for this. Right. And now it's like, oh, it's been quite a while. You know, we can't just like live unstructured indefinitely. So yeah, it's been tough. I'm really grateful that, you know, we have our au pair. Like I almost feel guilty complaining at all because we have our au pair to, you know, offer more support. But also at the same time, like she pretty much takes the role comparative of comparative suffering. Don't comparative. No, suffering. I know, but like she basically takes the role. <laughs> I know of, like, what you mean. If uh, yeah. if like Brandon was working from home, you know, so it's a very similar situation to if right. we had two parents working from home. And sure. um, so anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm over it. I'm just so over it. Like, and I have days that are better than others, but and I don't. And I also don't want to make this whole episode about life during the time of COVID, but. <laughs> There's nothing else to talk about because I haven't done anything There's else. There's nothing else to talk about. You guys, like, this is our life right now. This is everyone's lives right now. And as much as there's times when Claire and I are like, oh, I'm so sick of talking about this. Like, this is what we're going through. Yeah. And I kind of hope in some way that in five years, this could be somewhat of a, what is it, a, a time capsule right. where we look back and we're like, oh, my gosh, that's what we lived with. That was really hard. Yeah. And we made it. Totally. We can do hard things. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because... I've just, my MO, like when you get really frustrated, is your MO, do you have like an MO? Because when I get frustrated or almost like an adult tantrum type of scenario where I'm just fed up with things, my MO is to want to just quit. Like I want to quit this or I want to stop this or I want to just bail and go on vacation or like that's kind of whenever I hit a I'm fed up moment. And I'm not talking just like, oh, I'm frustrated, like hit your rock bottom fed up moment. My MO is to bail. And I've just been trying so hard to be like, you can do hard things, push through, persevere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I try to like when when I when that happens to me, I pretty much just sort of the mental equivalent of walking in a room and just taking over everything being like, you know, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Get out of here. You can't, you know, like no one else is doing this right. I'm just going to do it. And, but there's nothing to do right now. Like there's no, right. there's no version of that. You know, I painted my whole house. I've organized everything. <laughs> like <laughs> there's, uh, you know, and then that also leads to like its own additional type of burnout where now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not, I shouldn't have to be the one who does everything all the time. It's like, well, you kind of literally did that to yourself. I either that and, or I just get really nitpicky. Oh yeah. Like when I'm not quite at my breaking point, but when I'm just really stressed, I just get really nitpicky. I do that too. Yeah. I'm like, well, this isn't exactly what, you know, and it's like, well, not right. everything has to be exactly. It's like, sometimes it does. Okay. Sometimes it does. Okay. 
I will sometimes, well, actually, I, I always know when I'm just really frustrated and I'm not saying what I need to say. Mm-hmm. So I'll realize that I've pent up a bunch of, of emotions and then I'll just like start picking fights with Scott. And I'm like, oh, this must, like for no reason, mm-hmm. like fights that make no sense at all. So fun. I'm trying to think like if there's really anything else that, I mean, we have some other stuff to talk about in this episode. Don't worry. But I'm trying to think if there's any other just like life updates. The kids are great. Miles has grown two shoe sizes since we've been in quarantine. He went from a size 10 to a size 12. He's four and a half. So if you guys have kids around that age, you know how insane it is. He's four and a half and a size 12 foot. Um, Usually that's like kindergarten, first grade <laughs> sizes. <laughs> He's taking on Brandon's jeans. I know. And he's um, grown. He's so big. He's literally grown a quarter of an inch since we've been in quarantine. We have like one of those little things on the wall. Yep. Evie's doing is hilarious. She's so chatty. She's so she's like walking around like crazy, climbing on everything. I think I said this last week. We had to take the chairs out of our living room because she was climbing on them. And then she fell backwards off on it. It sounded like somebody dropped a bowling ball in our living room, but it was just her. And yeah, that was not that wasn't great. I wouldn't recommend that. But of course, it was like, you know, everybody has the story, not everybody, but so many people have the story of like the time their baby rolled off the bed and it was the first time they ever rolled over and it just so happened that they rolled off the bed off the, the bed. first time. That's how this was. It was like, it was the first time she'd ever crawled up on the chair. We had our backs turned because, you know, we didn't know yet to look out for that. Right. And she just completely bombed off the chair. Bonk. So, and other than that, we are, we're getting our garden going. Guys, we get emails and questions on DM for like what to do about gardening. I'm so flattered that you think I can give you gardening advice. <laughs> but here's the truth. I am winging it. And all the information that I get, I'm just assimilating information from seed packets mostly yeah. and the internet. I do not and have any. it also any, has so much to do with where you live. It has so, so just, much to do with where you live. It's almost impossible for me to yeah. give advice to anyone who right. is not in my yard. Like, right. Even our yard is different than the next door neighbor's yard. And so yeah. what I would suggest that you do is go to your local garden center or call them or whatever is whatever format of your local garden center is currently available to you, get in touch with them because every community has a garden center. It might even be like the garden center at the Home Depot near you. And somebody works there who is an old retired person who does nothing but think about how to get better tomatoes in zone 5A. We have this great one in Longmont called the flower bin. And the guy who owns it, he's like this older guy and he's so quiet and soft-spoken. Joy, he's like your dad basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you walk up to him and he's like, what are you working on? And you're like, I think I want to put up some hail cloth. And he's like, you know, you could put up some hail cloth, but here's what I would do. And you're like, you you own the hail cloth inventory. Like, don't you want me to buy the hail cloth? Or you're like, you know, I'm thinking about growing some some grow lights or buying some grow lights so we can start seeds indoors. He's like, yeah, you could do that. But do you have any just extra light bulbs at your house? Because those will work too. We're like, yeah, we have extra light bulbs. He's like, yeah, just use those. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It's kind of like our experience at Matzah when we're yes. like, okay, we kind of want this. And, and he he's like, like, actually, if you're really wanting this experience, yeah, he's like, I, I, really... I see what you're going for and you're not going to achieve it with those choices. <laughs> So it's, uh, that would be my recommendation. And also like, think about what you eat because we have had years where we've grown like 
Last year, we grew a ton of spicy peppers. No one in our house eats spicy peppers. <laughs> so now we have these jars. So then Brandon dried them, which is a great idea. But we also don't eat spicy dry peppers. So like now we just have a whole shelf in our garage full of these spicy dry peppers that we just are like been giving away to people because no, you know, we have small kids. That's like we don't so cook funny. spicy foods very right. often. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. And like we've had a lot of those. Like one year when we were in Moab, we just grew like we went to this. The, oh, here's the other thing. A lot of farm stands will this time of year will ha- will sell starters like starter plants, and uh-huh. so go and do those because they're like two or three bucks a piece. They're definitely very worth it, especially by now. It's late April, early May. Like if you haven't started your own seeds yet, um, you're behind. So yeah. you know, see if you can seek out some starters. Even in like the lockdown, farm stands a lot of farm stands are still open and operating. So find some that have starters. But when we lived in Moab, we went to this like starter sale and just bought like anything. And we ended up accidentally buying and growing, first of all, like eight cucumber plants. No one on this earth needs eight cucumber plants. We had, we oh, lived in this little house. And also don't cucumbers grow like crazy? Yes. So you'd have like uh-huh. tons of them. Oh yes. That's what I mean. No one on this yeah. planet needs like 100,000 pounds of one cucumber. One plant is, yeah. Like one per person is like kind of what they say. And so. Plenty. Yeah. We lived in this little house with with a roommate and our entire hallway was just lined with pickle jars. We had this little tiny kitchen. And so like, we just had rows of pickles. Cause I pickled them and we just had rows of pickles up and down our hallway. But we that grew these things sounds called- kind of lovely. I mean, like, it was just- very like quaint, but it was like, what are we going to do? And we like, I gave people pickles for like sure. every occasion. Like, Oh, you're having a, you're hosting like a baby shower. Have a t- three jars of pickles. But we grew these things called Armenian cucumbers, which I didn't know. These cucumbers, I don't know what they're supposed to be used for, but here's what happened. We forgot about them and they were kind of like the far end of the garden. And cucumbers are very, these are very bushy. So you really had to sort of like, you, have to dig, like look you know, for them. Yeah. yeah. And we left for the weekend and nothing was looking too crazy. And we came back and we had everything set up on a drip and we had these like legitimately four foot long cucumbers that were like cur like you could hold them up and they looked like you had found like a long horn shed. Sure. Oh my God. I was like, what do we do with these? So anyway, that's my suggestion to you is make sure that that's like the only advice I feel qualified to give is don't grow things you don't eat. This seems like a no brainer piece of advice, but you would be surprised by how easy it is to be like, I'm going to grow kohlrabi. And you're like, no, you don't need to grow kohlrabi. Don't get, don't get too fancy. Don't get too fancy. Don't get too fancy. Lettuce. Okay. Tomatoes, carrots, call it a day. Great. All right. Before we move on to our next topics, let's take a quick break to talk about this week's sponsor, Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks, the maker of the blue light blocking glasses that we love. So many styles. You can send in your own frames. If you're working at home and you're feeling like you're staring at the screen way too much, treat yourself and get yourself a pair of Blue Blocks glasses. You can go to blu blox.com. The discount code is joy to support the podcast and support our great sponsor, blueblocks.com. The discount code is joy. And I feel like there are a few, only a few things where right now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy that. One is coffee cups. One is new leggings. And the other one is blue box glasses. Cause like, there's not a whole lot else that I feel like I really am using right now that is in my normal sort of buying cycle. Like I haven't bought new shoes. I've used, Same. But blue blocks, gla- blue light blocking glasses, like a really high quality pair of blue light blocking glasses are something I have used them. I'm using them constantly because all any of us is doing is staring at He's a staring screen. Staring at a screen. And yeah. whether it's your computer to work and then you look at your phone for Zoom and yep. then you're watching TV at night. Right. These are so helpful. And they're really just like you get what you pay for with blue light blocking glasses. We know there's a lot of cheapy little options out there. 
We know these are a higher price point, but you guys know that we would not be recommending these or any product to you that we didn't really believe in. And these are, they just feel so nice. They're comfortable. They're easy to wear. They're effective. We love this brand. We love this company. And they have a nonprofit partner where they donate a pair of eyeglasses, one for, it's one for one, right? Every thing, mm-hmm. one that you order, they donate a pair of glasses through their nonprofit. And um, if you post about it on social media, then they will donate another pair. Yes. To restoring vision, to give it to someone who needs a pair of glasses. So that's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. The discount code is JOY. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast over the years and supporting our great sponsors. I have a really light question. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Someone asked, I just feel like this is a cute question. She wanted to know how we found our current houses and because they're house hunting. And how did we know that they were the ones? I love hearing other stories. Do you guys have any tips for first time home buyers? And then she also wanted to know, I think you've answered this before. So maybe just um, briefly run through tips of uh, starting a garage gym. So first question, how did you find your house? I feel like my story is not as interesting as your story. So I'll just get mine out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, you go first. We bought our house in the summer of 2017. It was an it was very much like the peak of the most recent housing peak. We bought our house in a, we kind of just found the only neighborhood we could afford within the county that we wanted to live in. So that's how we ended up in our current location. And it's not an interesting story. Like we we had seen a bunch of houses that day. Brandon had already seen this current house and he hadn't really liked it. And then he went back again and saw it and really liked it. The second time um, we put in an offer and we got the offer accepted the same day. So it was the first house we put an offer on. We knew that we were looking, maybe I'll talk, yeah, talk about like what we were looking for. We knew that we were looking yeah. for something. We knew we couldn't afford the house that we really would want. Like we couldn't afford like a brand new everything, you know, newly updated. Like we knew that we were going to need to buy a house where we did a lot of the updates. But the line that we drew in the sand was, okay, we need to find a house that we are, if we can't do a single project for a year, we would be okay with that. Like there's nothing that's broken and needs fixing urgently before we can even move in. And there's nothing in here that is like, we're so, we think is like, so egregious that we couldn't live with it for a year. You know, it's not like, oh, the backsplash is disgusting. You know, we really want to get rid of that, but it's not affecting the function of the house. So that was our, that was a question that we asked ourselves a lot. And then we also made a list. We just started kind of like on the outside of the house and made a list of, okay, here are the things that we, in a dreamer's world, if we could have everything we want, here's what we would want. And we just let ourselves like go wild. Like we would love, you know, a house that already has a bunch of gardening set up and a big mature trees and all this. And then we went back through that list afterwards and just put little stars next to the ones. They're like, no, these are actually, this is what we need to have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we like don't, we don't need non-negotiable them. type. Of- yeah. Like we don't need it to have a, you know, set up like a whole garden set up, but it does need to have a sprinkler system because we don't want to have to install sprinklers. Right. Or, you know, we don't, we, it doesn't need to have, like, I'm trying to think of some of our non-negotiables. Like I knew we, I had to have air conditioning and I knew that like we had to have a dishwasher, like that type of thing. Yeah. And our, our little neighborhood's so cute. I wish that we had lived somewhere that was like a little bit more walkable to anything really. Like I wish that we lived near, more near to like some trails. I wish we lived walkable distance to like some restaurants, but I like our neighbors. I like our little house. Yeah. So my experience was 11 years ago. So it's been, gosh, it's been a really long time. But at the time I was living in a condo, Scott was living in a condo, we were engaged to get married. And so we knew we were were trying to buy a house together. Engaged to be married. 
I don't know the way you said that was so like we were engaged. We to were engaged be to be married. Do, do, do. And we were yeah. betrothed. <laughs> yes. And um, so we, you know, at that time, it's just so funny looking back because I, things are so different. Social media wasn't what it was at all. It was non-existent. You didn't have things like Zillow or, you know, those actual websites to kind of search houses for you. We had to go through a real estate agent. And so I just remember Scott kind of looking around and he found the house that we're living in now. And we just went and looked at it. We had been looking and we kind of knew what we wanted, but specifics were kind of out of my focus. I was more kind of letting Scott take the wheel. And I think I, looking back, I was just at a time in my life where I was, it was very new. I was really overwhelmed. I didn't know what I wanted because I was just like, I was so used to just kind of getting by and I had my condo and that's all I knew. And so as far as a house was concerned, I kind of let Scott take the the wheel on that. And I also knew he was just really good with money and he was really good with knowing what would increase in value. And so when we started looking, he kind of had an idea of what neighborhoods to look for. And then when we found this house, obviously we were like, wow, this is like unlike anything we've ever seen. It was in the neighborhood we wanted. It was unique and it was within our price point. And so I just remember it being a pretty easy process because Scott did a lot of the legwork, which funnily enough is kind of how he does a lot of things. So like cars or any, any big purchase we're doing, he does a lot of the research and then he'll, he knows I get overwhelmed with big money decisions. <laughs> and so he will do a lot of the prep and the research and then he'll come to me and be like, okay, these are our choices. So he narrows it down for me, which is a very smart thing to do if you're married to me. And so we've been here for 11 years. We think a lot about moving more West. So Scott has always wanted yeah. to move to Golden. I feel like once a year you sort of have this like, yeah. Oh, we're, you know, we're thinking about moving to Golden. And then it's yep. like, eh, no. We constantly, we actually constantly look at houses. So we're on, I'm on Zillow almost every day looking at houses in Morrison, looking at houses in Golden, looking at houses in Applewood, which are just West. We, we would move more West, if anything. And so I think just the point of like, when would be a good time to do that? Obviously, right now is not the good t- a good time to do that. But I would say it's like, if you're a first time homebuyer, just kind of do what Claire did too of just the non-negotiables or the things that you really, almost like picking a mate, like what are the things you really would love to have and where are you willing to say, okay, maybe not in this house, but in the next house I could have that, but kind of go through your day and picture the things that you would just really enjoy having. And then also just kind of going on like how it feels to be in the house. I always recommend too of like driving by the house at all hours of the night or all hours of the day. So like drive by in the morning and see what the neighbors are doing and drive by in the evening and see what the neighbors are doing and kind of get the feel of the activity of the neighborhood too, because you never want to all of a sudden be next to a neighbor who's like blasting loud music at like, you know, 10 at night. I mean, not that you would- Like for example, like our next door neighbors, they both on both sides of our house, they both work on cars like at 10 o'clock at night. And like, we never would have known that. The other thing that I will say too, that's, I think is the most stressful thing is feeling right now. It's not quite like this, but it can, depending on the house that you're looking at. Sometimes like you, if you're going to put an offer in, you have to put it in, in that moment. Like if you're going to put in an offer, you maybe get to walk through the house for like 20, 30 minutes. And then you have to put in the offer before you leave the house. Yeah. And so like, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to, okay, we'll make sure you sleep on it and you really wait for the decision. So, you know, you kind of just, you really do just have to go with your gut. And that's why having the non-negotiables are so helpful because you can get swept up so quickly in the frenzy of putting in an offer that if you can sit down and like have a notes open on your phone and sit down and realize and sit like, okay, well, this house seems amazing, but actually 
now that I'm looking at it, you know, there are no mature trees on the property. And that was not something we said was a non-negotiable. And you can talk through that like, well, yeah, but it doesn't have that. But it does have all these window treatments that, you know, maybe would make up for that. Okay, well, let's talk through it. Uh, well, it doesn't have, you know, space for and the basement's not finished. And we said we didn't want to have to take on finishing a basement. Well, you know, and try hard to not talk yourself out of the non-negotiables right. that you previously agreed on. Exactly. And just remind yourself, like, there's other houses out there. Yes. I know. We always also talk about moving, because, mostly because, like, we have this amazing finished basement, but we are pretty much, very much at the size capacity of the main floor of our house. And there are just certain things that like we would have to do major renovations to our house in order to have more space. And it's kind of like at this current point, we live on one of the largest lots in one of the largest houses in our neighborhood as it is. Mm -hmm. And that's saying a lot because our house is not big (laughs) and our lot is not big. But what I'm trying to get at is like we don't have a dining room and there's nowhere in our house to add a dining room. Like we all every single person in our house eats at the counter and we only have three counter seats. And one of those is taken up by a high chair spot. And so at any given time, Miles and then one of the three adults in our house can be seated and Evie. Yeah. So like when we're eating dinner, two people are standing every single night. Right. And like that is not ideal. And just stuff like that, where it's like we are at the capacity for the functional spaces in our house. And so, you know, we only have one bathroom on the whole main floor and that's the quote unquote master and for both the kids and for anyone who comes over and like, you know, and that's fine right now. But as the kids get older, we're going to really feel the crunch on that. And so, right. you know, we we are always looking to like, would we move or would we renovate? And like what what's what is what's, I guess what would be the like the most cost effective or like the most beneficial what's more like, if economical you to stay yeah, with the schools in the neighborhood yeah, exactly in the schools, yeah so yeah, we think about that a lot too and i also think like you know scott wants to do a couple minor renovations and i'm always like why would we do that if we're thinking of moving or why would we and he's like well because it increases the value i'm like <sighs> i know somebody know? else anyway. like because i i feel like we spend a lot of time on this question but somebody else um, cause we talk about this a lot, like, well, we'd love to add like a sunroom. We'd love to do a lot more landscaping. We'd love to add like a deck where we could spend more, make our outdoor area more functional so that, sure. you know, it would feel like a little bit more of an extension and we'd have more space to play. And somebody said like, yeah, you know, so every once in a while you need to just not worry so much about the value of your house and think about, is this going to help you enjoy living there or not? Yes. Like, which you, I love that. Yeah. Like you, it doesn't always have to be a question about, will this add value to the house? Like obviously, if you're right. going to spend 10 grand on something, you want to make sure you're going to totally. get that back. But if you're thinking about spending a couple hundred bucks, you know, to add a sunshade in your backyard, like it doesn't have to be this huge value add. It can just be like, right. is this something that is going to increase our ability to enjoy our house? Right. Exactly. Well, let us know if you find a house. I'm really curious. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to end with some questions and they're kind of they're not would you rathers but they are so scott has an author that he loves his name is chuck klosterman and he's read a ton of his books well apparently he did well not apparently he did he created this kind of like a cards against humanity game but it's called 50 questions for insane conversations and i was flipping through it and i kind of stole it from scott i'm like this is actually a really cool I mean, they're really deep questions. I want to give a warning. I tried to pick the lighter ones because I don't want to spend too much time on these, but they're kind, (laughs) they can kind of seem a little bit dark, but they're just really, really interesting. So the first one says, you are presented with a strange challenge. Someone dares you to count backward from 300 to zero. 
If you succeed at this simple request, you will be given $25,000 in cash. However, if you misspeak, get any digit incorrect, or make any mistake whatsoever, you will immediately be doused with gasoline and burned alive. (laughs) Do you attempt this challenge? This kind of feels so Hunger Games to me. When I saw this, I'm like, absolutely not. I, not at all. No, the the risks of that are way too high. The risks high. are way too high. $25,000 in cash. So it says, it says, you know, it's a simple request. Yeah, but 300, like... 299, $298. I mean, you could go really slow. Like, could you like have a number line that you like ticked them off? But it just feels like the <laughs> there's 300 opportunities for you to make a stupid mistake that end in a horrific death. Horrific. I don't think there's anything that I would do where I would knowingly set myself up for that potential outcome. Yeah. Okay. I was the same as you. Scott saw that and he was like, I mean, that would be easy to do. I was I mean, if we're talking about on- twenty five million or like some like life altering amount of money, sure. but I feel like twenty five thousand sure. is not enough for me to like consider that take that risk. Yeah. Take three hundred risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be just doused and yeah, not at all. It felt a little bit also like the handmaid's tale, which Still have not Some interacted I, with that story at all. Yeah, and and I'm I'm kind of regretting watching it because now I feel like I'm living it. Um, I'm not kidding. The grocery stores feel like you're living in Handmaid's Tale. You have your face covered. There's a limited amount of people there. There's thing. There's like barely anything on the shelves. It is exactly like the Handmaid's Tale, and it freaks me out. And then we have I'm going to say something political. We have someone in power saying to drink bleach, and so I'm like, are we living in the Handmaid's uh, Tale? <laughs> It's so fun. (laughs) Okay. You have won a prize. The prize has two options, and you can choose either, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. The second option is 10 minutes on the moon. Which option do you select? Am I instantaneously transported to the moon or do I have to get in a spaceship to go there? I would say let's just transport you right there. Oh, I feel like I I can't live with my whole family in Europe for $2,000 a month. I would need more than that. Okay. So, and I wouldn't That's leave true, my family huh? by themselves, you know. So I feel like neither. <laughs> like, and I also don't want to go to the moon. Like, that's not that. I don't feel like 10 minutes on the For moon. For 10 could, minutes like, on the moon? I mean, if I had to. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would probably pick Europe because like $2,000 would help. And then sure. I could like get a job selling baguettes or something. Oh, my God. I imagine that's right. what everyone in Europe uh, does. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a year you get a stipend. So maybe you just work part time somewhere in a coffee shop and meet a bunch of cool people, try to learn a language. Totally. I I, th- I think that would be a better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel like 10 minutes on okay. the moon. Like, eh. Isn't that funny? We're like, nah, screw the moon. Screw the moon. There's not, there's no <laughs> other people there. I've had enough time oh my by God. myself. Oh my God. I am set. Okay. Let's do one quick one and okay. then we'll call it a day. Every person you have ever... S- <laughs> I didn't read this one, but let's go with it. Oh, no. I just started reading. I was like, whoops. It's awkward. It has to do with I sex. I told you these, que- these questions are Guys, really Guys, I wish you could see Joy's face when she has to talk about sex. This is a grown, successful woman. And it's so awkward. anytime, like, don't even, ask, like, if you bring up sex toys with Joy, she's, it's just so wonderful. The reaction nope. you get. It's so predictable <laughs> and amazing. 
Every person you've ever slept with is invited to a banquet where you are the guest of honor. No one will be in attendance except you, the collection of your former lovers, <laughs> and the catering service. After the, after the meal, you're asked to give a 15-minute speech to the assembly. What do you talk about? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's such a weird question. So, okay. Every person you've ever slept with is invited to a banquet. You're the guest of honor. No one's in attendance, <laughs> attendance except you. <laughs> So you're at a banquet. You're the guest of honor, right. and all of your former lover, lovers, lovers, lovers have have come together, right. and to you're giving a 15 you. minute speech of the assembly. Right. What do you say? I don't even know where to begin with that one. Like, okay, so obviously your audience has one thing in common. Yes, that's the whole. That's <laughs> that's the premise. Correct. I don't know. I feel like I would just. Like we are gathered here today to reminisce. I think I would just ignore that. I think I would just like give an update on my life. Be like, hey, good to see you all. Uh, but why have they? Why have they gathered? Why have they gathered? Gathered at this assembly to be together? I guess I don't know. Mm. I don't think you need. You would need to be like so. Fifteen minute speech. What do you talk about? I would about? like to discuss with you all the erogenous zones of the female anatomy. <laughs> No, I mean, I just feel like you. Would, I would just give like a life update and be like, hey, it's been a while since I've seen most of you because I've been married for however many years. Here's what I would like to, here's what's happened since the last time I might have seen most of you because most of you are from when I was in college. I would probably talk about, oh my gosh, I'm totally stumped on this. The first thing I would think about talking about would be like how things ended, like endings and beginnings. Because all With the relationships every single ended. one though, would you go through every no, one? No, no, no. Like, I would just you. No, no, no. Troy. I would no. I would just talk about like why things end and be like, and things worked out great for all of us. Kind of like how we were talking about exes last week, yeah. last week, and how we're like, okay, that worked out well. <gasps> Which, by the way, we got a really good email from someone. I have to read it. Hold on, this is so funny because that's probably what I would talk about. Be like, things work out the way they're supposed to. Why I would be giving a 15-minute speech about that, I don't know. I'm really uncomfortable answering that question because like the thought of standing in front of all your exes giving a speech, or I would just go the complete opposite direction and be like, try to do some comedy or something. Talk about something Yeah, I don't really know. Silly. I just feel like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, I think it would be more, be more awkward for them than it would be for you. It'd be like, listen, this is a room of people who wanted to get with me at some point. I have the upper yeah. hand. Right. So maybe you're like... you're. They're all sitting there sizing one another up. Oh, for sure. I think I would just be like, hey, guys, here's what I've been up to for the last 10 years. 15 minutes is not that long to talk, by the way. We've been doing this... To- that's true. Talking about this topic already for five minutes. I just think that's really it is funny. It like, funny. Yeah. All right. Okay. Wait, I want to do one more question so, and then read your ex- and then read the exit story. Okay. Okay. You have a question or you want me to no. read one? No. Huh, I want you to read one. Okay. Shoot. I just put them all away. Oh, no. In my nervous, like, fidgeting... In my nervous fidgeting, I put them all away. Okay. Uh, You are offered a brain pill. If you swallow this pill, you will become 10% more intelligent than you currently are. You will be more adept at reading, comprehension, logic, and critical thinking. However, to all other people you know, and to all future people you meet, you will seem 20% less intelligent. In other words, you will immediately become smarter, but the rest of the world will perceive you as dumber. And there's no way you can ever alter the universality of that perception. Do you take this pill? No, because what's the point of being smarter if you can't communicate with other people? Like, I feel like the... To me, the point of being intelligent is to have intelligent conversations and interactions and help solve puzzles and, you know, all that. Like, it, if you if you can't get any of that across, right. then it would just and be this frustrating have, and annoying. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with them 
<clears throat> perceiving you that way. It's truly the interaction you will seem less intelligent. It's not like they're just giving an opinion like, right. so oh, like, you look you look dumb. It's it's in the interaction, you will seem less intelligent. Yeah, which I feel like that completely defeats the purpose. Like, not that I care what other people think of me all the time, right. but it's more just like, but as far as I like, want to be able to have... The connection and the communication. Yeah, like if I'm that much yeah. smarter, then I want to be able to convey that and have intelligent conversations. Right, you want to match people on yeah. that level. And I agree with you. I think I would be so frustrated because it's, it's a more richer conversation when you can talk to someone who relates to you on certain levels. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to go with you on that. I would really like, I'm still stuck on the X conversation. I want listeners to write in on what they would say, because I'm really curious to know if you would go humor or if you would go serious. And that's just like the most awkward thing to have. <laughs> I'm so stuck on that. Okay, last. Okay, let's just move on. Someone wrote a really funny email. I'm not going to say the name because it has to do with the ex-boyfriend partner conversation. She says, I just wanted to say I love the last the last episode. Thank you for making bonus episodes during this time. And I wanted to share a story with you both. So I dated a complete jerk my first year of college. To put it short, he wanted me to only be with him while he slept around. This doesn't w- end well for him. Flash forward eight years later, we are friends on Facebook and he's engaged to this beautiful lawyer girl and he is finishing med school. His life seems great. And I'm thinking, wow, he really turned around. I was happy for him. And his life seems so amazing. Nope. While scrolling through my feed one day, I noticed a random girl wrote on his wall, hey, thanks for giving me crabs, you lying dick. Can you at least send me the money for the STD test I took? My Venmo is blah, blah, blah. I did take a screenshot of this and send it to my best friend in disbelief. I can't find the screenshot right now. She was going to like send it to us. I was very tempted to send that girl $20, but I also didn't want to get involved with the situation. A few weeks later, he was single again. Anyway, I made the right call on that guy to say the least. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, man. Always trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. Let's end on that note. Guys, you're hanging in there. You're doing great. Keep breathing. Keep doing whatever you need to do to get by. And please stay safe no matter what's going on in your state. I don't think we're out of the woods anytime soon. So, but like, just be safe. Be safe. Safety first. Do yourself a favor and wash your hands again. Just why not? Okay. If your eyes are tired, get some blue blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Discount code JOY. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Have a wonderful week. Love you guys so much. Like we do it.